Dallas Cafe. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey. It's a week after the Super Bowl and um, Phoenix Open and all those kind of things. We were saying goodbye to uh, 400,000 people. We were pretty important there for a while. Oh, yeah. 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 It d- didn't last long. Yeah. But, but yeah. Pro Bowl and... The state looked really good Hi. during the Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. It did. It looked really good. Oh, the Grand Canyon shows. Oh, 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 oh just oh, oh. Uh, Sedona, just uh, the desert. It was yeah. just... It was beautiful. Whew, proud of our state. Frustrating that all of their cutaways are to like an 1800 saloon where everyone's dancing. <laughs> yes. With to fiddles. Uh, well, like, really? That happens to all of us. <laughs> That's every sure. day. Right. I'm out there line dancing yeah. daily. <laughs> There's a donkey out on the hitching post. We can't afford a horse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they do that to every state, though, right? They yes. just they take them back decades. Um, this morning, we are starting a new podcast series. And I'm I'm very encouraged about this series and what it could um, what it could mean to bring hope and and some joy and some relaxation to a, a lot of different people. But the series is um, hearkening back to the fact that many of us when we're transitioning to starting to believe in the grace of God, mm-hmm. we have fears. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, new fears erupt. Um, mm-hmm. New objections uh, come to mind. Things that we didn't think about when we were back in the days just trying to manage our stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we want to get after some of those fears and objections. And some of them will be like scriptures, too, that we'll, uh, we'll refer to. But many of them are just the, the normal um, inner uh, feelings that that kind mm-hmm. of emerge mm-hmm. uh, when we're uh, struggling with this beautiful treasure of God's grace. Um, one of them, John, um, mm-hmm. you have shared with us mm-hmm. uh, that I I think it'd be a great place for us to start and just kind of tell your story. Yeah. Of well, that well fear. when a culture or an individual, it seems like, starts to look at grace as something as I say, more than a condiment, you know, like, like paprika. Yeah. You know, it, once, once someone is challenging me that it's a way of life, that it's a realm, that it's the way I can live, it, it, I went to seminary. Yeah, you did better just studying in grace than... Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh I mean, gosh, you, I could talk about... But, but it was truly, at that time, it was mostly a, a grace for justification. Mm -hmm. There was very little. In fact, when I went back and gave the two roads talk at at my seminary, I remember Dr. Sosi saying, where did you get that? You (laughs) you did not get that here. You know, I I said, no, that's true. Um, But it, I showed up at Open Door Fellowship and grace was kind of a way of life. And I I just thought, uh, I had previously kind of a, a, an epistemology, a way of seeing God that, okay, I saved you, John. I love you. But from this point on, you are holding on to me. And I'm happy for you to hold on to me. I don't, I, and it's not rational. You think, why would a loving God play such a game with you? But it felt that way, that it is your job to hold on to me. And holding on to me would be a certain amount of scripture reading, a, a, a certain amount of uh, contrition, a certain amount of prayer, a certain amount of certain amount. And and if I was paid up for sure, um, 
I was holding on to him, and my grip was secure, and he and I would be close, and I would be suited for all the things that were in front of me. I really held that. I mean, I really believed that. And nobody, and there were certain scriptures you could read that, that if you had a lens of shame or moralism, you could certainly uphold that theology. And so all of that was being challenged when I showed up in a community that was endeavoring to trust uh, grace and their identity in Christ as the way that they would live. And it was frightening to me. And, And truthfully, I was in the pulpit a lot. I was teaching Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, and it was such a fear the actual fear was this. I know it will happen to me. If I stop holding on to God and stop uh, managing the relationship, I will eventually drift away. And I will move out of significance, out of influence, and eventually out the back row, out the back door. I know what I do. I, I eventually can't maintain it and find myself out in the cold or, uh, as one person describes it, out on a raft that has drifted far beyond the shore and now can't get back. I carried that so strongly. And I have no idea the day when that broke or where that broke, but I know that that epistemology had to be challenged by a lot of friends and kept. And, Bill, of course, you, you were a giant uh, in that for me. You had to keep um, weathering that theology that comes out in a thousand different ways. comes out in a thousand different wrong <clears throat> sayings or silly theologies or bad messages. But, um, boy, did I struggle with that. That was, that was my barrier to trusting grace. It was, I, was, I, I was really certain you were just getting away with murder, and God would give you enough time and enough rope, and then eventually he'd have to just let you go. Well, mm-hmm. I really believe Now, that, that was after an, a Master's of Divinity and several years <coughs> on staff preaching and preaching all over the country, different places. I held that position. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, not everyone who... Here's this particular podcast will have that particular fear. And that's the beauty of this right. series that's is right. that that's you, right. you can pick and choose your yeah. own poison. That's right. But where do you think for you that fear yeah. is sourced? Where does it – what – I'm what not sure because it's me that I'm ac- accurate. To, I, I, I try to trace it back to my parents. They were both loving to me. I think as an athlete, I, I, w- I would go out and train. And I would go think, all right, I'm going to lift this much weight. I'm going to go run up North Mountain. I'm going to do this. And if I do this, there will be a payoff. And there was. There was always a payoff if I did those things. And I, if I didn't do any of those things, I wouldn't have been a good athlete. I, so so it was, I brought those things into my faith, I believe, mm-hmm. that... that um, I'm responsible, even though God loves me, I am responsible for holding this thing together. Mm-hmm. And, and if I do, my gosh, am I going to be a success? My yeah. gosh, just, yep. and, yeah. So I think, I think that more than it, the insecurity of parents who didn't love me, I, I, I didn't have that. Yeah. 
I, th I think part of it for you, John, and for a lot of people, um, is is that we are in a, a mindset, a theological mindset, that the law, the principle of law, makes me responsible. Makes me responsible. Absolutely. And I have proven I fail. And God, therefore, must be displeased with me. So, so we have that pre-set in us. And what's difficult for us is to believe that although the law requires me to be responsible, grace requires God to be responsible. That's right. <laughs> That's a huge shift. That's right. And for you... It was being able to trust God would, in fact, would you want not to be let go of you. That's right. That, that, that was the big deal. That's we're, absolutely right. We're afraid that God would God let if you let go of God, would God let go of you? And 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 that to me is is where the confusion is in so many people, is is that our effort, our whatever, isn't the key, isn't the key. For me personally, I grew up in the theology you described. I, I just, that's where I was, that's how I was taught. It didn't ever feel right to me, but I didn't know there was a right. I, I, didn't, I didn't ever, I can't remember ever being a Christian who felt I had to hold on to God. But I didn't ever believe he would hold on to me. So, so I was in a, in a no man's land, literally often feeling unbelievably rebellious because I wasn't holding that mm. traditional faith mm. that I had been taught. I just felt like I was that rebel outside the, outside the room of faithfulness. And, and I was, but I didn't know it. So I, I, like you, John, I can't remember the when, right. but all of a sudden I knew that a transition in my middle to late 20s, especially with that Grace in the Desert story, was beginning to give me, from the Word of God, a theology of God's commitment to me in grace. Was that what it was for you? Was was God's word began to give you yes. that confidence? Yes, I began to find a confidence in the word of God that he, in grace, was responsible. And I, I, I had it early on. I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah, read, right. Read right. all those verses right. and underline them, but, right. but somewhere along the way, it, that theology built. It may be in my own failure. I think in part, too, it, it speaks to me of the need for faith communities yeah. and those who train those who lead faith communities to intentionally, systematically, relentlessly teach the gospel, teach the scriptures, because we will tend, most of us, to yes. default back yes. to the law principles. Absolutely. And so unless we're intentional and very thorough, in the scriptures and systematic and that you know it goes for undergrad schools graduate schools churches we will default to moralism because that's that's where our shame takes us but i i think that's another lesson for me today is to say wow i i i pray that wherever we are where whoever we lead whether it's a family mm -hmm. or an institution mm -hmm. that we will be intentional about this gospel. Like you say, you had justification, you had glorification, yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah. But without being intentional, the sanctification and how we heal and mature, that will not happen. That's right. It, 
it, it will go to seed. Yeah. And part of that, and I know we're, we're ending here, but part of that, Bruce, is even the language. The language that somehow in our sanctification we are partnering with God. See, mm-hmm. even that language mm-hmm. gives me a responsibility. Yes. To, in fact, become something that I'm not yet. Yes. And, and, and God doesn't need a partner. He's, he's God. He does really well without a partner. But, but that theology <laughs> creates that mindset. So therefore, I have that fear that John began with, mm-hmm. yes. that I am not holding up my end of the partnership. Yeah. And therefore, if I'm not, God won't. You yeah. hear, the, hear the catch in that? Yeah. Therefore, if I'm not, God won't. And my, my fear was not, last words from me, my fear was not that I would no longer be a Christian. Exactly. But that I would just go six years drifting away from him yeah. and, you know, lose all that. Yeah. Well, very, very good. And, and on one of these weeks, we need to talk about also what, what is God responsible to do and what is he asking of me as I get to live this life out? Exactly. Okay. So d- yeah. we'll take yeah. some time to distinguish those yeah. um, exactly. in one of these next sessions. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for counseling me today, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>